1: South Dakota or Utah. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. The Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I have a very sobering message today. It's one I did not want to bring. I've spent many hours struggling over it. But I'm obligated to share what the Lord gives me. The church has had a wreck. But I fear greatly that the attitude will be, okay, we were shut down. We only have half of the people we had before, but we'll build back and we'll build back better. So let's start the wonderful, sentimental praise and worship. Let's bring in our best guest speakers to attract people back to the church. It's not going to work. A new report just came out saying that the least number of people are attending church or consider themselves a part of a church congregation since records were kept from the 30s. Church attendance, church belonging is at the lowest place it's been since records have been kept. Less than 50% of Americans, it's like 47%, say they belong to a church. Now, you know that a man who says, I belong to the church, means he might go once a month so the actual attendance is much less. We have allowed our children, we have sent our children to public grade schools, public high schools, colleges and universities. And while we were not watching, their faith was stolen from them They were trained in Marxism. They were trained in the whole green enterprise. God was driven from them. And now, churches in America, as in England... And in other parts of the Europe are made up largely of older people. The church is dying. Now the church tried to jazz it up. I went to a to a mega church to their youth center. I wanted to see what they had. They had large screen televisions, they had popcorn machines, they had hot dog machines. They had a cotton candy machine. They had all manner of wickedness. So they would have a little time to talk about Jesus and then the sweet Jesus, the cotton candy Jesus, and then they would have time to play. The church even drove God from the sanctuary of the young at heart. Because they thought they had to do that to compete with other mega church programs. So they advertised, we have the best children's program in town. We're the friendliest church in town. I've never heard a church advertise we're the holiest church in town or we're the most sober church in town. Those might be better things to say. I am greatly distressed by what's happening to the church. The church is the body of Jesus Christ. It is the apple of his eye. But we find in Revelation that the church can do things that will drive the Holy Spirit from the sanctuary. And he will take the lampstand and he will depart. That has happened to many of our churches in America today, even evangelical churches. The presence of God has departed and now they have to make believe with all of their raucous music and their playful skits and their happy sermons that Jesus is present, but he is not. It's time we say, look, like the little boy who looked at the king who had no clothes on, he said, look, he's naked, he doesn't have any clothes on, but everybody wanted to pretend he did. I want to read you the most sober, sobering passage of scripture I think I've ever read. I've read it many times, but it's, It's cut me this time. It's found in Ezekiel the sixth, I'm sorry, Ezekiel the seventh chapter. Ezekiel the seventh chapter. You know, Ezekiel was the prophet who was in captivity. But he prophesied very painfully, to the remnant that remained in Jerusalem before the destruction of Jerusalem came when it was burned and utterly destroyed. Now please, I'm just going to read for you this seventh chapter of Ezekiel. If you have a Bible, open it and follow with me. Lord Jesus, as I come to your word, I'm asking that you would open our eyes and our hearts that we could see and understand what you're saying to us. I'm asking, Lord, that the veil would be lifted from our eyes, from our hearts. I'm asking, Lord, that we could understand and be led into the depth of your heart, Jesus, to repent. I don't like this seventh chapter, but Lord, it came gushing out of your broken heart. So we need to hear it. For we are driving you from your tabernacle. And I tremble with fear before you. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Ezekiel, chapter 7, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to the land of Israel. The End The end has come upon the four corners of the land. The end is now upon you, and I will unleash my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. I will surely repay you for your conduct and the detestable practice among you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Disaster. An unheard of disaster is coming. The end has come. The end has has come. I'll stop for just a moment. Some of these people responded to the Word of God by saying, "What are you talking about? What have we done? We go to the temple, we offer sacrifices. What are you talking about? They had no understanding. For America, the end has also come. For the Western world, for China, for Asia, the end has come. There will be a financial collapse that will stun us and bring famine and disease, pestilence. The end has come. It has roused itself against you. It has come. Doom has come upon you, you who dwell in the land. The time has come. The day is near. There is panic, not joy, upon the mountains. I'm about to pour out my wrath on you and to spend my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all of your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. I will repay you in accordance with your conduct and the detestable practices among you. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who strikes the blow. The day is here. The day has come. Doom has burst forth, the rod has budded, arrogance has blossomed, violence has grown into a rod to punish wickedness. None of the people will be left, none of that crowd, no wealth, nothing of value. The time has come, the day has arrived. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller grieve for wrath is upon the whole crowd. The seller will not recover the land he has sold as long as both of them live, for the vision concerning the whole crowd will not be reversed because of their sins. Not one of them will preserve his life. Though they blow the trumpet and get everything ready, no one will go into battle. For my wrath is upon the whole crowd. Outside is the sword. Inside are plagues and famine. Those in the country will die by the sword. Those in the city will be devoured by famine and plague. All who survive and escape will be in the mountains moaning like doves. Each because of his sin. Every hand will go limp and every knee will become as weak as water. They will put on sackcloth and be clothed with tear. Their faces will be covered with shame and their heads will be shaved. They will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be an unclean thing. Their silver and gold will not be able to save them in the day of the Lord's wrath. They will not satisfy their hunger or fill their stomach with it, for it has made them stumble into sin. They were proud, and their beautiful jewelry. They used it to make detestable idols and vile images. Therefore, I will turn these into an unclean thing for them. I will hand it all over for plunder to foreigners, and as loot to the wicked of the earth, and they will defile it. I will turn my face away from them, and they will describe. Desecrate my treasured place. Robbers will enter it and desecrate it. Prepare chains because the land is full of bloodshed, the city is full of violence. I will bring the most wicked of the nations to take possession of their houses. I will put an end to the pride of the mighty. And their sanctuaries will be desecrated. When terror comes, they will seek peace. But there will be none. Calamity upon calamity will come. And rumor upon rumor. They will try to get a a vision from the prophet. The teachings of the law by the priest will be lost. As will the counsel of the elders. The king will mourn. The prince will be clothed with despair. The hands of the people of the land will tremble. I will deal with them according to their conduct. And by their own standards I will judge them. Then they will from the Lord. It is the most stunning indictment I think I've ever read. God's people turning to their idols. I was recently sitting in a dining room and a couple came in and sat at an adjoining table They had a a daughter who was perhaps 10 or 11 years old. They sat down at the table. They did not pick up the menus that were available. Instead, each of them pulled out their cell phone. And now each one, with head bowed, looking down at their cell phone, The waitress came by, and they said, please give us a few minutes. Oh, yes, certainly. They didn't pick up the menus. They all three continued, without any conversation between them, to look at their cell phones. I wondered, what were they looking at? I don't know. But they were certainly worshiping as they sat at that table. They were worshiping their cell phone and all of the idols that they could gather on their cell phone as they sat, spellbound, not talking with one another, just looking at their cell phones. This went on for almost a half hour. Finally, the waitress came and said to them, Are you sure you would like to eat today? oh yes, we want to eat, we're hungry. What they did not add, but they should have, is before we could eat, we had to worship. We had to worship at the idols of our heart. There are many idols today. The cell phone, the computer, the internet, All of the spectator sports, all of those things they participate in so freely, they worship, go to church, listen to the entertainment, watch, enjoy go home and live in their private worship of their idols, their favorite TV programs, their favorite video games, their favorite idol time things they enjoy doing, but not reading the scripture, not praying. They don't have time but for a quick pre-digested morning watch and a quick prayer shot at heaven. Please bless me today. Take care of me. Prosper me. Prosper my family. Bless us. Bless us. Bless us. And off they go to their idols. A couple of friends pointed out to me that Ezekiel 8, 9, 10, and 11 are all one vision. It's a very comprehensive vision. I'm going to share a few highlights with you out of that vision. Highlights that break my heart. Ezekiel was sitting in his house and the elders of Judah were all sitting before him to inquire of the Lord. And as he's sitting there, suddenly the hand of the Lord comes upon him and he is transitioned. And now in vision, he sees a a figure like a man appeared to be from his waist down like fire, and from there up his appearance was bright as glowing metal. He stretched out what looked like a hand and took him by the hair and lifted him up between heaven and earth and transported him to Jerusalem. He took him to the entrance to the north gate of the inner court. It was there that the idol that provokes to jealousy stood. And there before me was the glory of the God of Israel, as in the vision I had seen in the plain. Then he said to me, Son of man, this is Ezekiel 8, verse 5, Son of man, look toward the north. So I looked, and in the entrance north of the gate of the altar, I saw this idol of jealousy, And he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they're doing? The utterly detestable things the house of Israel is doing, things that will drive me far from my sanctuary. The Lord is going to show Ezekiel exactly why he is now going to depart from the temple of God, it is one of the most sobering scenes I have ever compliment uh, contemplated. When Almighty God, who has rested in the holy place, the most holy place, over the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory over the Cherubim, and now that glory is going to rise and depart. We need to be utterly terrified, America, because God may well arise and leave America completely. He's right on the verge of it. Son of man, do you see, verse 6, Ezekiel 8, verse 6, Son of man, do you see what they're doing? The utterly detestable thing the house of Israel is doing here? Things that will drive me far from my sanctuary? He brought me, verse 7, to the entrance to the court. I looked and saw a hole in the wall. And he said, Son of man, now dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall and I saw a doorway there. And he said, Go in and see the wicked and detestable things they are doing. Please understand, we can look beautiful on the outside. Spacious buildings, mega churches. Multiple pastors with high educational degrees being paid incredible salaries. You have to dig in behind. You have to dig in behind what It looks like, to see the sin, we are very good at hiding our sins. And God is very good at digging it out and exposing it. And he is now in the process of exposing America's sin, beginning in the house of God. The houses of worship were shut down. And what did the pastors of America do? They rolled over and they shut their churches. Now, I heard one very encouraging word last night from a listener, a dear friend out of state. He said to me, our church, our Assemblies of God church, is beginning to be very serious about our prayer life. And there are now multiple prayer meetings being held where God's people are gathering and becoming very serious about prayer, repentance, holiness, intercession for America. I said, oh, my brother, I am so happy you're at that church, for that is the answer We must become serious about prayer. We must enter into that prayer closet. Now, I want to tell you what happened to me when I began to get serious about prayer. I went in many years ago and I addressed God and said to him, I don't know even if you exist. I have read the scriptures and it says you exist, but I have no personal experience of you. I had come to a place in my life where I was dead, and because I was dead, I thought God was dead. That's a common mistake human beings seem to make. And so I set aside one hour a day from 10 to 11 every day to be on my knees in my bedroom with the door shut. I would leave my church office and my staff, a very successful church, but deader than a doornail, filled with wickedness. And I began to cry out to God to find out if he would answer me. Now, the first thing you will experience when you begin to do such a thing, if you have the courage, is that you will say everything you have to say in probably 5, 10, 15 minutes max. By that time, you may have said it twice. And then because you made a commitment to be on your knees for the full hour, you face that blank wall. And you feel like your prayer does not go any higher than the ceiling. In fact, it bounces down like bullets at you. But if you persist and you seek God with all of your heart. For me, it was a year. And God finally, miraculously answered Now, my one hour grew into two hours, three hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours. I learned to pray the scriptures. My heart was changed. The Lord answered my prayer. But some two years later, I found myself in a very desperate situation where the funds were utterly cut off and it looked like I would die. And I lay before the Lord God of heaven on my face, beginning my formal prayer time at eight and praying until five. I said, I have no work as a pastor So my work will be prayer. Now I'll tell you what happened to me. As I prayed, as I prayed the scriptures, the Lord took me into the realm of the spirit. And in the realm of the spirit, I saw a fence that kept me out of the throne room of God. And every day as I would go to pray, I saw the fence. I grew utterly despondent and hopeless, for I could not get through that fence. I could not get to the God of heaven. I was shut out. And again, finally, God answered. In a magnificent way. In a way I could not mistake. Rescuing me. Rescuing my late wife and me. He rescued us. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. He rescued. He gave us very clear direction. And we followed that direction. And then I found... When I went to the prayer closet, the fence was gone, and I was welcomed into the throne room of God. And I don't want to leave it ever. My dwelling place is the throne room of God. And it's from there I come to share this message with you. Knowing that it will offend, knowing that it will hurt. But it's God's word. And we must hear it. I have learned that God's medicine is not always ice cream. Sometimes it's castor oil. Sometimes it's most unpleasant. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. So he dug through. And the Lord said to him, Now go in and see the wicked, detestable things they're doing. So I went in and looked, and I saw portrayed all over the walls all kinds of crawling things and detestable animals and all the idols of the house of Israel. In front of them stood seventy elders of the house of Israel. Jason was standing among them. Each had a censer in his hand, and a fragrant cloud of incense was rising. So you have on one hand The worship, the prayers. You have, on the other hand, the idols. If I were able right now to dig through the wall of your life and enter the inner sanctum of your being, what detestable idols would I find in that house? Would I find pornography? Would I find lying? Stealing? Would I find gossip, bitterness, and anger? Would I find uncleanness? Would I find idolatry? I can't climb through the wall of your life, but I want to tell you Jesus has already climbed in. (coughs) Each at the shrine of his own idol. They say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. And then he brought me to the north gate of the house of the Lord, and I saw a woman sitting there mourning for Tammuz. Who's Tammuz? Tammuz is the fertility god who was murdered, and his, where his blood was shed, a pine tree grew up. Thus the origin of our Christmas tree. Do you see this, son of man? You will see things that are even more detestable than this. He then brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord. And there at the entrance to the temple between the Portico and the altar were about 25 men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. They were bowing down to the sun in the east. He said to me, Have you seen this, son of man? Is it a trivial matter for the house of Judah to do the detestable things they're doing here? Must they also fill the land with violence? Thirty people shot in Chicago last week. Last weekend. The land is filled with violence. Innocent people knifed to death. Innocent people beaten up. Violence. Look at the whole woke quote unquote culture. Look at the increasing spread of the Wiccans, of the witches, of the sorcerers. Oh, they're not very strong yet. As my friends from Cuba point out, they're not strong like they are in Cuba or Haiti yet, but they're coming, they're growing rapidly. Hollywood is inviting the devil in every possible way to come with demonic manifestations and take charge of this nation. And the corrupt leaders of this nation and the corrupt leaders of business are all filled with demonic uncleanness. Look at putting the branch to their nose, literally look at them turning up their nose at me, scorning me, scorning my word. Therefore, I will deal with them in anger. I will not look on them with pity or spare them. Although they shout in my ears, I will not listen to them. Now look at chapter 9, verse 3. Now the glory of the God of Israel went up from above the cherubim where it had been and moved to the threshold of the temple. So the Shekinah glory of God has risen up out of the most holy compartment and it's now at the threshold of the temple. God is leaving his temple. He's leaving his tabernacle. Chapter 10. Verse 4, then the glory of the Lord rose from above the cherubim and moved to the threshold of the temple. The cloud filled the temple and the court was full of the radiance of the glory of God. Verse 18, this is chapter 10 of Ezekiel, verse 18. Then the glory of the Lord departed from over the threshold of the temple stopped at the entrance to the east gate of the lord's house the glory of the god of israel was above them do you see what's happening god is actually leaving his tabernacle his temple verse 23 of chapter 11 ezekiel 11:23 11, The glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped above the mountain east of it. The glory of God is leaving the temple. If we're not very, very careful and turn from our wickedness, the glory of God will rise up and will leave you God is already rising up and leaving many churches. 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with wicked movies? With wicked entertainment? with worldly music. Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body, for it is said the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself to the Lord is one in the spirit. Flee from sexual immorality, all other sins the man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. First Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Almighty one, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon us. The church today worships at the idol of success and prosperity and ambition. It has become an institution A culture. It has prostituted the body of Jesus. It has united the body of Jesus with the unclean wickedness of the world and its ways. So, pastors today are CEOs. It's a business, it's marketed like a business, it acts like a business. It's recognized in our culture as a business. And its product is supposed to be Jesus. No. Jesus is not a product, He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Enough with the entertainment. Enough with the casual coming into the presence of God and then going out and living our private lives, filling them with all kinds of ambition for money and success and power. Filling them with ambition for sexual conquest, for video games, for professional sports that are utterly wicked before God. Do you see the danger? If the glory of God rises completely from America and departs as it did from the Jewish temple, we will be overthrown, even as Jerusalem was overthrown by Nebuchadnezzar. We will be under atomic attack, our land will be invaded. And America will be destroyed. Already America is no longer the land I was raised in. Such wicked things are being done and said by government officials and by others. Such wicked things are being done by the church. The Lord has said. The end. He has said, I will not even hear your prayers when you shout them at me. But he is willing to hear the words of humble repentance. I fear we come together, even those who come together to pray, and they pray these little prayers of Oh Lord, bless this one and do that and do this as though He were our as though He were our servant. If you're serious about prayer, you have to get through the first ten or fifteen minutes. In fact, Jesus said, Could you not even tarry with me for an hour? Real prayer usually doesn't begin until after the first hour. It takes time to pray. It takes time to be in the presence of God. You don't get God by going through a McDonald's food line. You don't order God on the run. It's going to take you time and money it's going to take you setting apart your life unto the Lord God of heaven and being crucified with Christ Romans 6 I want you to hear church we're not going to build back better we're not going back to normal we are entering a new era of time And it is going to be very different. And I'm praying that the major difference in this new era of time will be holiness. God's people crying out to the Lord, interceding for our nation. And coming up to the standard of righteousness outlined in the word of God. Almighty God. I lift up every person who listened to this broadcast today and I ask you to deal faithfully with their heart and I ask that they would deal faithfully with you for you are a God of love and compassion but also justice. A God of mercy but a God of righteousness. Would you come and deal with us? In the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. You can write to me, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, two. One nine five. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I have the letters that have just come in. Mike, thank you. Dale from California, Carlsbad, thank you. My dear brother from Galena, Maryland. Robert, thank you. d my precious brother. Yes. Richard. He always writes the most beautiful letters. I read them with great interest. And from Tom, an Easter card with a gift for radio. Thank you and each one who has given online. Thank you. This radio broadcast is Jesus-sponsored. He moves in the heart of his people and urges them to give. And if you'd like to give, you can give by writing to me or by going to our webpage, One, two, nationalprayerchapel.com you and you can give online. I love you. I've spoken this stern word today out of a heart of love and compassion for the church. I'll talk with you soon.